Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Hey, y'all. So, welcome to Charlie's Toolbox again. Last week, I received so many wonderful responses to my first episode, and I'm so glad you guys loved it. Um, If you're interested in hearing more, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for my newsletter on charliestoolbox.com. Every other week, I send out an article to kind of help you along this journey. So before I get started, I want to briefly discuss my mission so you understand what you are getting out of this podcast. There are a lot of podcasts out there, and I want to make sure you know why you are here. So I made this podcast because I realized the older generation failed us. You know, I remember watching Ayala a while ago and she said something that really resonated with me. She stated that Gen X and older are part of the silent generation, meaning that they were taught to take everything to the grave. You know, they were taught to hide and fill themselves with so much shame and guilt. And this made them really like never tell the truth about their lives. You know, they didn't tell us about the lessons they learned. They didn't tell us about how they found themselves or if they found themselves. They didn't tell us what growth looks like. And they didn't tell us about resilience, you know, and all they knew to tell us was, I don't know about you guys, but my mom told me two things. um, Don't get pregnant and be selfish. And that's not enough for life. You know, that advice is not nearly enough. So I am doing what they failed to do. I am using my experience, my mom's experience, my grandparents' experience, my great-grandparents' experience, my friends' experience, and lessons and research to provide you with the tools to strategize for some of these life hurdles. You know, my primary focus is dating, but I do talk about life in general because a lot of the rules and tools that you you can use for dating is something that you can use for life as well or general life. Um, so if these tools resonate with you, take them. You know, if they don't, ignore them. So let's get started with this episode. It's titled Planning for Vulnerability and Learning to Trust Yourself. So a while ago, I was confronted and someone told me about myself. You know, they told me that I struggled with vulnerability and I had to admit that they weren't lying. You know, I do struggle with it. I don't like to be vulnerable. You know, I'm I'm very rarely vulnerable. And I'm one of those people who we could go to the bar. We could go to brunch and have a conversation where you feel super connected to me. But if you really sat down, you didn't really know anything about me. And I liked it that way. You know, I like to keep myself to myself and I love to connect. Um, But I realized that being in this space where I have an inner me and an outer me, it's kind of costing me a lot. You know, it was costing me deep connections with other people. It was costing me sisterly bonds. Um, I wasn't allowing myself to love or be loved properly. And, you know, I would meet these wonderful, beautiful people, but it wouldn't really go beyond surface level because I didn't allow it. So I had to teach myself to trust myself and learn how to be vulnerable. And these are some of the tools that I'm using now. And I hope that they can help you along your journey. 
So this episode is for people who are struggling to trust themselves after a difficult breakup. You know, um, they experience this traumatic heartbreak. And the first thing that they let go is vulnerability um, because they suspect that that was the thing that caused the immense pain. And that's not, you know, it's for the children of terrible caretakers who wanted to be vulnerable, but struggled because they never had a place where they could be themselves and love for who they are. And a lot of them and me included, it's hard for us to understand or to even be practical or to even apply or to even do vulnerability, you know? And I realized that how I plan and strategize for everything else in my life, I have to do that for vulnerability as well. So when you plan for vulnerability, it helps you understand yourself. It helps you define your boundaries. You have a place to look at and say, hey, I am disrespecting myself in this way. And also they are places or markers where you can look back and say, hey, I was successful in this boundary. You know, I may need a little bit of work for the other boundary. So the question begs to be asked, how do you plan for vulnerability? So you understand pain with a proper framework. You understand the source of your pain. You understand vulnerability. You know when and what to share, what to keep to yourself. And finally, you know how to erect firm boundaries. And this is the plan. This is how we're going to construct our framework for vulnerability. First, we got to address pain. Pain is inevitable. It is essential like air. You know, it is what makes the moments, the sweet moments sweeter. It makes the happy moments happier. But it also informs you on what you need to work on. It's one of those things that you can't really avoid, but they provide a lot of information. So what prolongs emotional pain, according to Dr. Dr. Stephen Stonesy, are repetitive memories, which ironically evolve to keep us safe in the future. So... Remembering your pain is an evolutionary trait. However, you probably are misusing it and causing even more immense pain instead of using the knowledge from that pain to inform your present and to do better. And what I mean by misuse is when you are constantly looking at the past to find new ways to be upset with yourself, you've misused pain. If you're looking at the past and make yourself wrong, bad, or asinine, you are missing, you are misusing pain. When you've used your idle time to replay the past, to make yourself feel the same way you felt in the moment, then you've misused pain. There are better ways to understand your pain, be vulnerable, and still feel protected. Your past is a moment. When you look back, you do so for direction. You see where you were flexible with your boundaries. You see where you may have overlooked red flags. And you ask yourself, what made me bypass that? Was it loneliness? Was I trying to prove my worthiness? Meaning if this person liked me, did it mean something good about me? Did it, did it mean something to me? Was I trying to rewrite the story my caretakers gave me? The story of me being bad, ungrateful, unworthy, useless. Was I trying to rewrite that story? Am I trying to rewrite my parents' story through my action? 
Meaning if my mother was a single mother, am I trying to hurriedly or anxiously try not to be what she was? So you have to ask these questions. You have to constantly poke and prod and understand what does this pain mean? Where was I in this moment? What boundaries did I were loose in this moment? How can I use this information to inform my present situation? Next, you have to understand what is vulnerability. You understand pain. You understand the purpose of pain. And the purpose of pain is just to interrogate that moment to improve. That's all it is. It's not to indict you, to make you feel better, make you feel worse about yourself, to make you feel like shit. It's only information. And once you take away those feelings behind it, you realize that this can be very, very useful. Now, vulnerability or emotional vulnerability is defined by Brene Brown as an uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. It is an act that is extremely courageous and nearly everyone struggles with it, especially me. So emotional vulnerability is vital because it leads to gentleness. When we allow for emotional vulnerability, we feel anxiety, we know the risk, we know the stakes. So we give ourselves compassion and grace. And when we see someone else be emotionally vulnerable, we recognize that boldness. And as a result, we tend to be kind and more patient and more understanding because we know how fearful it can be for us. So when you give yourself emotional vulnerability, I mean, when you give yourself the leeway or the space to have emotional vulnerability for yourself you often are learning that and using that same like framework for other people because you know how anxious it felt how fearful you felt of being honest with yourself and being your authentic self and when two people allow space for their authentic self to show up there can only be one result and the result is a deeper gentler bond between two people and that's what you want you want to be your authentic self and you want others to be their authentic self and while you guys are being y'all your most honest and authentic self you want compassion and grace and that can only lead towards a deeper and deeper bond so the moment the question begs to be asked when should you share yourself you know you you know that vulnerability is a risk. You know that it comes with information that you may not want everyone to know. So what do you do? I say you should always share yourself. Always, always, always be yourself. If you have a funny story, share it. If you relate, share it. If you understand, share it. If you've been there, you share it. And the reason why I say this is because people deserve to know who you are. You know, they, they deserve to know who you fully are. And they deserve to experience that. If you're a star, why not allow people to experience a star, to experience the shine? Why not allow people to bear witness to you? You know, you're charismatic, you're friendly, you're humorous, you are well-rounded. And when people meet you, they leave feeling good about themselves. Why not? Now, when you are at your job, on a date, or meeting new people, it is okay to share baseline information 
meaning it's okay to chime in with that funny story that I said previously or that situation or show your personality. But you have to always remember that these people have not shown you their character yet. You know, what they've shown you is typically their representative. And it's the best of themselves, but it may not be who they authentically are. So before you start to be vulnerable, you have to ask yourself questions to determine what level of vulnerability do you want? You know, what is the appropriate, uh, what is appropriate for this situation? That's a question to be asked. Have they proven to be trustworthy? What What questions are they asking me? Are they sensible ones? What knowledge does that give them? Can they sense my personality or character or interest through these these questions? Or are they inquiring for other reasons? So when people are asking you questions, you have to be aware of what situation are you in. If you're at work and your coworker are asking you super personal questions, then that's not appropriate for this situation. You don't have to answer, answer it and you don't have to be vulnerable. You know, if you have a coworker that you know, but you're not necessarily best friends with, you're kind of associates, you say, hey, good morning and have small talk. That doesn't prove that they are trustworthy. So why you are providing information to them that is very sensitive to you, that's beyond me. So when you are asking these questions to yourself, you don't have to be suspicious, but you should be aware. You know, instead of bonding mindlessly and hurting yourself because you didn't pay attention fully to what they were asking or what was being said, you know, let's take a step back, analyze the situation and see, hey, is this appropriate? Am I, for this knowledge that I'm providing, is this appropriate? The next question is, what should you keep to yourself? Information people have not earned information that you don't want your boss knowing or your coworkers knowing, knowing information that you don't want your prospect to plan against you. You know, you have to remember men are strategic and they use information to get what they want faster. Now, this is not suspicious. This is just knowing the game. So be be worried of what you provide. You know, coworkers want to look good in front of their boss. They may throw you under, under the bus with their information. You know, so that they can garner a raise or a higher um, position. Life is a competition. So understand that not everyone will see you as a friend. You know, sometimes you're going to look like a foe. You're going to look like a like competition. And that's where that's why, you know, when and where to be vulnerable. Finally, you need to define your boundaries clearly. Look at your past and find the moments where you overshared, you stuck your foot in your mouth, and you set yourself up to be taken advantage of. And this is where you should plan for your boundaries. For example, you were on a date with a guy, he love bombed you, you opened up way before you knew anything about him, so he takes that information and starts becoming everything you want. In one month, he's in love with you, of course. He stays at your house 85% of the time, and you love it. You know, he slowly starts to move himself in, and now you guys are all of a sudden living together and in a serious relationship with someone you barely know. So from this scenario, you know the following things. You know you did not ask questions about your partner. 
you know, your need for love blinded you to the red flags. You know, you didn't ask why he, you didn't know he was struggling financially. You didn't ask if he was struggling financially. You had no prerequisites or requisites to get to you. You haven't defined what it means to earn you. Why was he at your house 85% of the time? Do you like time to yourself? Is it okay to have someone impede on you like that? What boundaries can you construct and articulate to make sure no one is practically living with you again? So that story, you can see that there were some serious boundary violations. And I hope through the story, you can see how you can look at the past you can ask these questions and you can know where your boundaries should be. And the trick with boundaries is to be honest about who you are and plan for that. Don't plan for the woman who you want to be. Don't plan for the woman your ego tells you you are. Plan for the woman who you are now because there's nothing wrong with that girl. Ain't nothing wrong with that girl. Everything you are is okay. You just need boundaries to keep that girl safe sweet and protected that's all that is you can be exactly who you are when you have boundaries also vulnerability with boundaries is freeing it frees you from dividing yourself into two parts it frees you from having an inner world and an outer world and you can experience the full spectrum of life when there is not one vital part of you missing so i'm going to recap When you plan for vulnerability, you understand pain with a proper framework, meaning you look at your pain and you understand why you were free with your boundaries, what was the story or the thought driving that, and you use that for information to inform your present so that you know when I'm in these situations, I tend to do X, Y, Z. And because I know that about myself, I'm going to construct these boundaries. Next, you understand vulnerability. Emotional vulnerability is a risk. And because you know it's so risky, you provide grace and compassion to yourself and you're able to do it for others, which if you live in a space where there's only compassion and grace, And you can show up in that space authentically. The only direction that's going to take you is to a deeper bond, to a gentler time. And we all want that in our life. Next, you know when and what to share and what to keep to yourself. Those three things should be informed by your environment what people have proven to you, like tangible actions, tangible actions that can point to good character and what's appropriate for the environment or the situation. I may have said that already. And next, you construct boundaries based on that information, based on what you learned from the pain of the past, based on the risks that you know it takes to be vulnerable, and based on the environment and the people who are in it. 
Now that should be a great place to start, to start asking yourself these questions because it allows yourself to construct a plan or to know your boundaries when you are meeting new people. And once you know your boundaries, you trust yourself and you live freer. You can show up authentically. You can laugh at yourself. Everything is a good time because you know you have certain things that are going to protect you always and you'll never betray those things. So show up in the world and be vulnerable. But while you're being vulnerable, make sure your boundaries are firm. You take care and enjoy yourself. Bye. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.